Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for a great time of worship. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that even in this time uh, in our nation where we're under lockdown, Father God, but we're still able to worship you in our hearts, in our homes, in our spirit, in our souls. We cry out how great is our God. We cry out, holy, holy, holy. That's who you are, Jesus. And we just magnify you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and saturate us, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. We lift up our hands in worship. We lift up our hands and surrender to you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just want to commit uh, just a little bit more time to those who need prayers. I may not know who you are. I may not be able to see you right now, but I believe that all of us, we need prayers in a, in a time such as this. So in your own homes and wherever you're watching, whether it's on your screen or you're having a watch party right now, if you have a need, let's just give it to God. Let's just revere Him in the next one minute and give it to God. Whether you have a sickness, whether you have a loved one who is sick, and I know many people are down with COVID-19 in a time such as this. If you have a financial need, if you have any need at all in your family, in your work, in your personal life, could you just raise your hands and just tell God your need? I'm gonna give 15 seconds and tell God just your prayer request. Just shoot him prayer requests after prayer requests right now. Just tell him, Jesus, we wanna pray for COVID-19. Jesus, we just wanna pray for this and this. And then I'll pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that I know that you are everywhere. And I know that you can hear all our cries. I know that you hear the cries of our heart, Lord Jesus Christ. So Father God, hear our prayer. Let it rise to you, Father God, like incense onto, onto, your, onto your heavenly throne, Lord Jesus Christ. May you hear our cries and may you come to our rescue, Lord Jesus Christ. So I wanna, in the name of Jesus, commit every single person in SIBKL, all the churches, whoever are listening in, commit, Lord Jesus Christ, those who, are, who have COVID-19, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, they are healed. In the name of Jesus, they are restored. In the name of Jesus, you will protect their lives and their family, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, this nation will recover from COVID-19, Father God, that you will be with every single person uh, in quarantine, Father God, with this illness, Lord Jesus. You will be with the frontline workers, you will be with the hospitals, Father God, and you will protect us, you will give us wisdom, Father God, to fight this disease. In the name of Jesus, I pray against sickness, Father God, in every sickness, in every cough, in every pain in the body, Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke the pain. I rebuke the sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. And I command it to leave. And I command the body to restore. I command the, the bones to come alive, the cells to come alive in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father God, for every financial need out there, Lord Jesus, that you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide all our needs in the name of Jesus. So I thank you, Father God. And I want to pray for the church that we are going to remain strong in this time that this will only make us stronger not weaker not divided but that we will we will we'll be united father god in this time such as this so we give you praise glory and honor we thank you lord in jesus name we pray amen amen hallelujah hi church it's so good to be able to uh, bring the Word of God. And today, uh, I'm quite excited because uh, we are we're launching the book of Revelations on the pulpit. We're only studying the seven churches uh, via the pulpit. And Pastor Chu is, uh, uh, has studied the book very thoroughly. And I'm very excited because he's going to give a teaching. So stay tuned for the announcement. And please 
register for his uh, personal Zoom teaching on the rest of the book of Revelations. But here in the pulpit, uh, I'm going to give an overview today. And then for the next two months, we're going to study the seven churches. And I think that's absolutely crucial in a time such as this. But the book of Revelation is such a, it's such a complicated book. And I never thought that in 2020, 2021, I would be reading the book of Revelations like many times over, right? But the more I read it, the more I'm captivated, the more I'm en enthralled by, by God and who he is and, and his plans for humanity and what he's done on that cross. And I, I just wanna thank you, Jesus, for this book of Revelation. Uh, um, but before I, I continue, I just want to say that uh, I will not in 20 or 30 minutes be able to cover 22 chapters of this book uh, in, in such detail. Uh, there is so much going on. And I just want to also caveat that there are many interpretations for the book of Revelation because it's a, it's a prophetic book, which means that a lot of, a lot of the things uh, have not come to pass yet, right? So uh, we will never know exactly with 100% certainty on, on what is written here, but but God has given us the big picture. And today I want to tell you the big picture. And what is the, the heart of the book? What is the heart of God when he wrote the book of Revelations? Is that okay? So uh, I'm also going to bring us certain props. And I hope that you give me creative uh, uh, liberty to uh, express the book of Revelation with the certain props that I bring. And I don't have accurate depiction of every single uh, character in this book uh, to its finest details. So uh, forgive me if some of the props look a little different uh, from the characters in Revelation. But again, uh, let's not miss the trees for the forest. And, and I want to tell you the big picture of this book. Is that okay? So I'm going to invite you to read just a few portion of Revelations. I thought of reading the whole 22 chapters, but no, let's be kind. <laughs> I picked certain uh, uh, verses that really stood out to me. That means a lot to me. So it will come up on the screen and I invite you to read it uh, together with me. So here we go. Revelations 1 verse 1 to 3. Are we ready? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Verse three, blessed is the one who reads the word of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. I'm going to jump to chapter four. I believe this is like a, a very important chapter in Revelations. Chapter four, um, verses eight. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Verse 11, you are worthy, our Lord and God. You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. Chapter 5, uh, uh, verses 9 and 10. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Verse 12, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Verse 13, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise 
and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Let me just say a short prayer. Join me. Thank you, Jesus. What a powerful few scriptures. Scriptures that just gives you awe, gives you praise, give you glory and, 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 and honor, Lord Jesus Christ. And today we say to you, every single heart's united, that you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy to come into our hearts and speak to us. Holy Spirit, you are worthy to come and convict us. Jesus Christ, you are worthy, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God. I want to thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's such a privilege to uh, bring the word of God into your into your heart, into your homes. And, and you know, in the book of Revelations, well, I'm sure you do, that there are a lot of numbers. There's uh, well, firstly, there's a lot of number fours, right? But I want to draw your attention to number seven. There are a lot of number sevens in the book of Revelation. There are seven angels, seven churches, seven stars. There's seven spirits. There's seven eyes. There's seven bowls, seven trumpets. There's seven seals. Why so many number sevens? There, there are a little bit more, seven crowns, before I forget. Uh, so I thought, I don't want to get into why the number seven, but I thought that I will divide the book of Revelation into seven sections to give, to give uh, um, uh, uh, something to the word seven, right? Or to number seven, right? So there are seven sections, uh, and each section are anchored by an R. And I want to go to the first section. The first section, God is telling us in this book, the first R is to respond. It is, it is the introduction of the book, and it's found in the first three verses. And before I even, before we even read the rest, we need to understand why did God give us this book? Is it just so that we can have knowledge on what, who is the beast and who is the dragon and who is the woman in the city? And, and, and as, is it just for us to have knowledge? No. It is for us to, what's the introduction? Number one, understand that in verse two, it says this is the Word of God. This is not just a book. This is not just a book that we can leave on the shelf and, and it stays there. And if we do read it or don't read it, it doesn't matter to us. It doesn't change our life much. But this, this book is the Word of God. It is the living Word of God. And in Revelation, it says the Word of God is, is, has power like a double-edged sword to give life and to take life. And, 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 and that's power. So we need to know the Word of God. Secondly, this is the testimony of Jesus Christ. That means that everything in this book is a testimony of who? Of Jesus Christ. It culminates to one person, which is Jesus Christ. So if you want to know who this person is, you've got to read this book. Number three, it says in verse three, blessed is the one who reads the word. So we've got to read the word. It doesn't just say hear the word in a pulpit. It says read the word. And that's what I really believe. And I want to encourage every one of you to just I'm not saying read the whole Bible in a day. I'm saying maybe read, start with one verse if you have never. Start with one verse, then you progress to five verses, then you progress to maybe a chapter, then you progress to three chapters, right? Then 10, then maybe the whole book in one day if you can read that fast, right? But basically, blessed is the one who reads the word. Fourth, blessed is are those who hear the word. We've not, we can't just read it because we all know reading a book just gives us knowledge. There's no life. But God says, hear. And, and I know you're thinking here, you're hearing the word of God now, but I think this, this word here just means hear from the Holy Spirit. Hear from Jesus, hear from God. When you read, hear with your heart, hear from the Holy Spirit that speaks to you, that breathes life into these words. 
so that these words don't just become knowledge. This words becomes life. This words become transformation within you. Blessed are those who hear it from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus, from God. Last, and take to heart what is written in it. I think that's the most important. We don't just read it. We don't just hear from God. We must take action. So what, whatever is said today, and whatever is going to be said in the next two months in the book of Revelation, it all comes to nothing if we do not do anything about it. So I'm just going to appeal. This is almost like an altar call right now. Before I even go into Revelation, I'm going to appeal to you that when you hear it, that when you read it, I want you to take action, take stock of your life. There's only one person that is responsible for you. That's you. So you, we need to take responsibility for our own lives. And then it, it summarizes with the why. Why do we need to read? Why do we need to hear? Why do we need to know the word of God? Why do we need to know the testimony of Jesus? Why do we need to take action? Because the time is near. And in, 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 in a time such as this, in a time of the pandemic, the lockdown 2020-21, I think we can all feel that this is almost like the end times. If this is not the end times already, it is almost like it. And God is almost like preparing our hearts for the end times because the time is near. And that's the first R, the first section that we need to respond to the word of God, the introduction of the book, which leads me, what do we respond to? It leads me to the second section, which is we need to respond and we need to be resolute. Resolute just means to be faithful. Resolute means that we're gonna persevere to the end. We're not gonna respond just for a day, just for a week, we're going to respond and be resolute all the way to the end. I get this from the seven churches, the next section, Revelations 1, 4 to uh, chapter 3. And I'm going to bring up some uh, little props uh, here uh, with me. Uh, these are Lego pieces. Uh, I just want to thank everybody who has helped me piece everything together uh, and my parents who kept my childhood toy. So I appreciate it now that I'm a lot older. And I hope this is just... Uh, giving some creative liberty. Like for example, this is a barrel, I know, I know, but it, it, it stands for the church, okay? I know this is like a stick, but it's a lampstand, all right? So give me that space, is that okay? And God is saying in the seven churches, see, it starts not by scaring us with, with dragons and beasts. It starts by God saying, hey, hey, uh, seven churches. Seven churches is, is, is a representation of the spirit of seven churches that, that we are going through right now. That every church, we can take stock of we can identify with one of the churches, if not all of the churches, and say, God, what are you saying to us in my life, in the life of, of, of SIBKL, for example, right? So God is saying to the seven churches, now there are seven churches, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right? And then God says, there are seven lampstands. And then God says, I'm going to walk amongst the lampstands. I'm going to hold the seven stars in my right hand. And I'm going to speak life. And every time I speak, it is like a, a sword, a double-edged sword that, that comes out of my mouth, that breathes life into what I'm saying. And in, 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 in the story of the seven churches, I'm going to leave this here. In the story of the seven churches, God is, God is saying uh, something very similar to all seven. I'm, I can summarize it with, with five points. Is that all right? First, God says, I want to affirm every church. 
speak to you. I'm going to affirm you. God says, you, you're doing good here. You're doing good here. You're doing good here. And God affirms every church that, okay, you know, you're not all bad. You're not completely wicked. You have good points. So God says, you know, like a father, you have good points. But it does not mean that you don't have bad points. And then in the second, secondly, God says, I will rebuke you for things that you are not doing right. Yeah? But he doesn't just rebuke you. He says, and the thirdly, I will rebuke you so that you will repent of your ways. Turn back, Metanoah, change your ways, change your mind. I rebuke you to change your ways. Because if you don't, if you don't overcome all your problems, God says, um, it doesn't look so good for you in the afterlife. But then God says, if you do overcome, I'm going to reward you. And there are many rewards for those, for those who overcome in the seven churches. And I just want to read, in every section, I, I, I picked out one or, one or two verses that, that really carries the heart of the whole section. And it's this, uh, chapter 1, 5 to 6. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. And I think this encapsulates the whole seven churches because God's saying, and he dishes out very strong rebukes to the seven churches. But God says, the rebukes is not because I don't like you. The rebukes is not because I hate you. The rebukes is because I love you. I love you so much that I cannot allow you to steal in the evil and the sins because it will not look good for you in the end of days when you do not overcome this evil. I rebuke you because I love you. And I'm calling you to be faithful. Don't give up. I'm calling you to be resolute to your faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Stay the course. Finish the race. Fight the good fight all the way to the end. That's how you will know that you are an overcomer. How do we do it? Together. Together we overcome. Because God says, I've made you to be a kingdom and priest. There is only one kingdom and there is only one king. That is Jesus Christ. And he calls us all to do it together. And that's the message of the seventh church, that we, in the end times, we need to be resolute with our faith. Before I even continue, I just want to, I want to dish out one challenge. It's been difficult for all of us, including me, in this whole lockdown, in this MCO, in this whole COVID-19 situation. And it's been in this difficulty, in whatever difficulty you're facing, I want to ask one question. How has your faith been? Have you grown closer to God? Have you been stagnated in your faith? Or have you taken a few steps back? And I just want to encourage you by saying, don't give up. Stand firm. Be faithful. Because if COVID-19 is not yet the end times, then this is like a, a, a very nice version of the end times. I think it's, it's very scary when it comes to the end times. And I think if we cannot survive and our faith cannot survive COVID-19, I'm afraid for our faith in the end times. And I tell myself that all the time. You know, Isaac, if you can't, if your faith can't grow in this time, then what happens when there's famine, when there's death and when there's bloodshed? What happens? So now is the time to be resolute in our faith. Can I encourage you? Can I move on? And the third section, when we are resolute, God says in, in Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5, God says, before we even go into the dragons and the beast, I want you all to understand that there is a God. 
and there is a throne of God. There is heaven and every creature worships God in heaven. I'm going to bring out another piece. This is, this is, well, heaven, so to speak, right? And, and, and if you read Revelations 4 and 5, it says there are every live, living creature in heaven bows down in worship before God. Bows down and says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Worthy of all, worthy are you of all, of all my praise, of all our worship, of all our honor. And then Revelations 5 says, there is a lamb that sits on that throne. It's Jesus Christ. And, and there's a little lamb and he's covered with blood because on that cross, Jesus gave his life to die for us, to redeem our souls, to reconcile us to the Father. And he says, this lamb is the lion of Judah. He's the lion, he roars for you. He roars on your behalf. He fights on your behalf. He's the lion of Judah. And he comes from the root of David. And he's the only one who is worthy to open the scroll of the end times. And this lamb sits on the throne to intercede on all our behalf. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the slain lamb. And he sits in heaven. And this is the throne of God. And in this section, the third section of Revelation, it calls us to revere him. It calls us to worship him. And that is almost the heart of the book of Revelations. The whole heart of the book of Revelations is who do you worship? See, we are all created for worship. And it's either you worship God or you worship Satan, yourself, the world, sin. And this brings us to the fourth book of, of Revelations, which is repent. Repent. Revelation 6 to chapter 16, the three sets of the seven divine judgments of God. God says, these judgments, I want you to, I want to remind you, this judgment is not because he hates you. He hates sin, but he loves you. And he, and he wants you to repent, to come back to God. And in the, in the, in the first set of, of the seven judgments is the seven seals. And when, and the, and the first seal is open, it releases, I think you may all know this. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, now we're on the end times now. And God says, you're in the end times now. So when you see these signs, you, you know you're in the end times now. And these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So each seal brings out each horseman. All right. I, I, I'm not, uh, I just want to say this. I'm, I'm telling the book chronologically, but uh, it may overlap in the actual timeline. We don't know. Anyways. In the first seal that is opened, there is a rider on a white horse, supposedly the Antichrist. The rider on the white horse is released into the world. This rider wears a crown. This rider holds a bow. And the purpose of this rider is to be sent out to conquer the world, conquest. And it is said that nobody can resist its conquest. Nobody can stand up to this rider. This rider is so powerful in this world. Nobody can stand up to him. And the white horse goes out to conquer the world. Then the second rider of the apocalypse is the rider on the red horse. The rider on the red horse wields a sword. And it 
takes away the peace of the world. It wages war. But it does not wage war against the world. It deceives the world to wage war against itself. So men will fight men. Men will kill men. Nations will fight nations. And people will kill people. There will be war. And, and there will be battles. And there will be bloodshed. Which releases the third rider, which is the rider on the black horse. Then there will be famine in this world. There will not just be war, there will be hunger in this world. Uh, uh, which means that we would crave and we would have no choice but to, in order to survive, we would have to seek out food and to be subjected to the rider on the black horse, which releases the fourth rider, the rider on the pale horse or the, or the light green, green horse. I don't have a green horse, so this is brown, so bear with me. And, and with conquest, with war, with famine comes, you guessed it, death. This rider goes out and releases death. Just in case you're not fearful yet, think of the deaths of your loved ones. Just in case that doesn't scare you, think of the death of you and your loved ones who do not know Jesus and their fate in the end times sealed. That should scare you. That's scary to me. And in this, the first set of seven seals, the four riders goes out, you will see earthquakes, you will see famine, you will see lightning, you will see thunders, you will see flood. And that releases the seven trumpets. And from, from the heavens, the trumpets will blow. And in, in, in order of the trumpets, I don't want to go into specific details, but all seven trumpets will release a, a single, a type of natural disasters. There'll be earthquakes. There will be, there will be thunders. You would see, uh, floods. You will see a lot of things happening in the, in, in this world. But you will also see the worship of idols. You will also see the worship of worldly institution. You will see the worship of sin. You will see people just glorifying themselves in sin. Just saying, you know, I, I know I'm sinning, but hey, you know, that's fine by me. That's when you know the spirit of the end times is near. And when you see the first seven seals and the seven second, uh, first seven seals and then the second seven set of, of trumpets blow, then you will give rise to the dragon and the beast. What is that? You see, in, 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 Book of Revelation says there is a dragon. The dragon here, we all know it is Satan. Satan goes up to heaven and says, I want to be like God. Wait, hold on. I want to be God. I want to take over God. And that's why I started by saying, who do you worship? Do you worship him or do you worship him? Because if you worship him, then you realize that, hey, you want to be God. You want to be all powerful. You don't want to be subjected under a king. You want to be the king. And then this dragon fights an angel, an archangel in heaven called the archangel Michael. And they fought in heaven. And there was a mighty battle in heaven. Uh, he wants power and he's trying to defend heaven. And there's a, my, my childhood is coming out. It's so fun. Uh, and they were, they were fighting and the host of angels, the demonic angels were fighting and the heavenly angels were clashing all together. But of course, we all know the end of this story. There's only one victor. The victor is the archangel Michael. Do you know the secret to his victory? I'm going I'm to place them right here. Do you know the secret to his victory? It says here in Revelation 12, verse 11, the secret to his victory is this. 
They overcame him, who's him? The dragon. They overcame the dragon by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Man, that is like, wow. They, how do we overcome evil? How do we overcome our sin? How do we overcome the enemy? How do we overcome our evil fleshly desires? Be overcome by the blood of the lamb who sits on the throne and the testimony of our lives and our word. And that's why each and every one of you, you are so precious to God because I know all of you have a story to tell. And that's why don't be afraid to tell people about Jesus because your testimony is powerful. Your testimony is powerful and it fights and it wins wars in the heavenly. We may not see the wars that we've won, but the moment we speak of the testimony of Jesus Christ, I believe in heavenly wars are being won because Jesus, God has never lost a battle. He wins by the blood of the lamb, the word of the testimony and the posture of the heart, which is what? They did not love their own lives so much as to shrink from death. It means that we don't love our lives in this world so much that we are we cower away from Jesus. We, get, we are ashamed of Jesus. It means that we know that we have an everlasting life. It means death, death, where is your sting? Because I know I belong to him and he holds my life in his hands. I believe that for you. So Archangel Michael wins the war and he hurls the dragon down to earth. When the dragon downs to earth, now he's, he's a loser now. And he knows that he's, he has lost the battles in the end time. So he's going to take every single soul on earth with him. That's you and that's me. If, he, if it's, this is the battle of our souls, he, he wants to win us so that we don't end up being with him. We end up being with him. And how does he do it? He raises the first beast, the beast that comes out of the sea, the Antichrist. Now in, 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 in the Revelation it says beast, it says dragon, but I believe that, that this beast is like, is like a man. This is, he's antichrist, but it carries the spirit of the beast and the dragon gives, gives, breathes power to this beast. It gives influence to the beast. It gives position. It gives power to this antichrist. And the antichrist literally means anti Jesus Christ. He stands for everything in opposition to Jesus Christ. It says in the book of Revelation that this beast, suffered a fatal wound, but is healed. It is a counterfeit to Jesus Christ who died on that cross, a fatal wound, and then was healed. He resurrected on the third day. And this Antichrist says, look, I, I am that Jesus Christ. So he tricks the world. He's the father of lies, remember? He tricks the world to thinking that he is the Jesus Christ and that all will come to worship him, that he would hold all the powers of the world and everybody will come to worship this antichrist and he will trick the world. There is another beast that, gives, that rises up from the earth. He is the false prophet. And, and this, these three forms the unholy trinity of the end times the dragon and the two beasts the beast out of the sea and the beast out of the earth and this false prophet let me tell you he gives signs and wonders and all will look at this false prophet this this man and says wow he must be jesus he must be god because he can perform signs and wonders he can call fire from heaven who can do that he must be god and he sets up an image of this antichrist and he says he calls the world 
you must worship him. If you do not worship the Antichrist, you will be put to death. And that calls us to be resolute in our faith, to be faithful. Who do we worship? Him or him. And this Antichrist says, now we all know the story. The mark of the beast, the 666 on your right hand or your forehead. And he says, if you don't carry the 666, you'll be put to death. How do you carry the 666? You worship him. When you worship him, you worship him. And what does he want? He wants to be God. He wants to be worshipped. This unleashed the holy trinity of the end times. And then Jesus, God in heaven, God says, you know, there is going to be a reckoning, the fifth section. There will be a reckoning. There will be a divine judgment because he is God. He's the only one who is worthy of our worship. And God says, there will be a great city on this earth. This great city is called Babylon. And there will be a woman, not because woman is female. So the book of Revelation is not anti-female. It's a woman because it's a, uh, it symbolizes, it's a figurative speech for a great city, right? So a woman give birth. Uh, and the great city holds people in it. So it's just a figurative language. Is that okay? So the, uh, the Bible is not anti-female. The Bible loves girls. It loves women, just so you know. Um, um, there will be a great city and there'll be a woman drunk with the blood of saints, which means that this city, Babylon, is the, is the culmination of worldly desires of sin. It says that there is immorality rampant here, bloodshed, thievery, Blasphemy, which means that they will be blaspheming the name of God day and night, night and day, night and day, day and night. And this woman or this great city will be drunk with the blood of the saints, which means that, that all who do not worship the 666, 666, they will be punished with death in the great city. And then God says there will be a judgment. And God says, all right, all right, there will be a judgment of, of, of Babylon. And God says, I will punish the city. And if God will bring judgment on the great cities and the great cities would fall and the great cities would crumble in the eyes of men. And then God says, it is time, not just for a reckoning, but for a resolution. Chapter, section six. There is a resolution to all these worldly problems. God says, there was a problem since the beginning of time, since the fall of men. In, in section six, there is a resolution, the final battle. God says, don't you think you guys can win the war? There will be a final battle. And he says in, in Revelations chapter 19 and chapter 20, there will be a rider on a white horse. Get it? The, the true white horse. The rider on a white horse. He will carry the flag of the lion of the lamb. The lion and the lamb. He would have words that is like a double-edged sword that comes out and is so powerful that his words would win war. And he will come riding with his heavenly host, his army. And that's when we know our king has come for us. All bloodshed, everything that we're crying, God, God, when are you coming? When are you coming? God, God, save us. God, will you not rescue us from this body? I want to assure you, sometimes we cry out, God, will you not rescue us from this body? Will you not rescue us from this pain? God says, yes. But sometimes his rescue would come in the end times as a rider on a white horse to rescue us 
and to defeat the battle. And he, with his heavenly armies, he would come down swoop. And, and we all know it. It's called the Battle of Armageddon, the apocalypse, the final battle, the final scene. And, 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 and the 666 would gather the armies and the kings of the world and all the great cities. They would come up against against all these people. They would come up against this great rider. But God says, I'm not even going to describe the battle. Just read Revelations. I'm just going to win them in one verse. He won. That's it. Right? There's no battle. There's no skirmish. That's what I believe. I believe that God is not going to skirmish with them, you know, over years and years fighting as if he's going to lose. No, God says, I'm going to come. When I come, the second coming of Christ, when I breathe my word and I speak my word, that's it. You've lost. And he come and he stands in absolute victory. There is a There's a resolution to this war. Who wins? He wins. My God, my King, my Savior, my Jesus. Whose side are you on? I want to ask, whose side are you on? Do you know whose side you are on? Because you may think that the pleasures of the world is captivating. I want to chase money. I want to chase the things of this world. I want to chase women. I want to chase materialism. I want to chase property. Whatever, whatever it is, I want to chase it. But God says, you may, you may think you won. But it's better to be on his side because at the end of the day, he wins. I want to be on, I want to be on his side. Don't you think? And then he says, when he's won the battle, he will throw into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is real. It's called hell. And he will fight them and he will throw the antichrist and the false prophet in the lake of fire. Then he would fight and he would throw the dragon in the lake of fire. And he would bring the last R, a restoration to this world. He will make all things new. Revelations chapter 21 and 22. He will make all things new. There will be new heavens. There will be new earths. There will be a new Jerusalem. There will be new glorified bodies. If you've ever suffered sickness and pain in your body, I just want you to imagine. In the end times, there will be a glorified body. There will be no more pain. And I just want to, I just want to read, uh, 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 chapter 20, verse three to four. This is, this is amazing. It says, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. That's wow. They will be his people. And God himself would be with them and be their God, be our king. That's him. That's him. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, mourning, no crying, no pain. For the old order of things have passed away. He will make all things new. He will restore everything into new. He says he will wipe every tear away. So if you're suffering right now, I want to encourage you. He will wipe every tear away. If you're crying in pain, if you're having a difficult life, God will wipe every tear away in the end times. We'll be crying because we're happy. We'll be crying because, wow, amazing. Thank you, Jesus. 21 verse 7. And who? Who will be able to be with him in the end times? He says this. He who overcomes will inherit all this. And I will be his God and he will be my son. He who overcomes. He who responds to the word of God. He who is resolute, faithful. He who 
revere and worship God, he who repent from our wicked ways and come back to the right way. To him who overcomes will inherit the new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, new body, and be with God forever. And that is the story of Revelations. Just before I end, I want to encourage all of you that wherever we are in our faith, let's not get too prideful that we are right and righteous before God. Let's humble ourselves before God and says, we still have a portion of our lives that is not yet redeemed, that is not yet whole. Let's humble ourselves and repent. To those who are far from God, let us humble ourselves and repent before God. and says, God, help me be resolute. Help me to revere and worship you. And to those who don't know Jesus, you don't know Jesus. You don't know at the end times which side you will be on. Can I encourage you? You have to pick one. And I, I hope you will pick Jesus. And it is very simple. You just say, Jesus, I want to know you. I am a sinner. I repent of my sins. I know that you died for my sins and you resurrected on the third day and I invite you into my life. I want you to live with me. And if that is you, that you want to know Jesus, you want to know that you're on the winning side, I want to invite you to say the prayer with me, to repeat the words after me, and then leave your contact details so that we can get in touch with you and pray for you. So would you repeat a very short prayer after me? That's okay. Let's close our eyes. Dear Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. I've sinned and I repent before you. I am sorry, God. Jesus, you are God, you are Savior. You died for my sins and you resurrected on that third day. And I invite you to come into my life, live with me and be my God and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you fill your details? And we would love to be in touch with you and pray for you and for the rest of us. Can I give a very, very strong encouragement? Let us now worship and repent before God. Do not take the closing song lightly. Let us just take the next six minutes of the closing song and just worship God. And says, God, hallelujah to you who have overcome. It is only by the blood of the Lamb. Give me the courage to tell of Jesus. Help me repent of my ways. I know I am a sinful man. Search my heart and know my anxious thoughts. Know my sinful ways. Is that all right? Can I just pray for you? And if you need prayer, come and join us in our online prayer room and we would love to pray for you. But if not, all of you right now, could you just raise your hands? It doesn't matter where you are, how you are. Raise your hands in worship and let's just give God our adoration and worship and tell God, I want to worship you, not Satan, not the Antichrist, not the false prophet. I want to worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I just want to thank you for your word. We want to worship you, God. 
We want to give you reverence and honor. We want to bow down in our homes right now and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, who, are, who, who was and is and who is to come. Worthy are you, God, of our praise and honor and adoration and worship. We thank you, Jesus. We recognize we are sinners, God. We are only saved by grace. So I pray, Father God, that we will really repent of our ways. We are sorry, Lord Jesus, for what we've made it. We've made it to be about me. We've made it to be about what I want. And we've made it to be about the lies that I told myself, Father God, but I wanna come back to you. I wanna come back to you. I wanna respond to your word, Father God. I wanna come back to you. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, God. Live in me, Jesus. Holy Spirit, take over and speak to me. Father God, 2021 is not gonna be a year of me being lackadaisical, of me taking my faith just like any other thing in this world. But Father God, this is the year. And from this year onwards, I'm going to be resolute in my faith. And I will study the, I will read the word of God. I will hear the word of God and I will take it to heart. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you now just raise your hands in worship for the closing song, The Victor's Crown, this crown. God bless you, church. <laughs>